hey, let's have our entire team be customer service. That does a couple of things. One, mm-hmm. we hopefully help answer you know, questions like yourself. Uh, two, it also gets our engineers involved because if you keep engineers developing in isolation, they don't see the pain points that customers are dealing with. Hello and welcome to the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And today in this episode, we are going to be looking at arguably the most glamorous topic in the world of marketing, which actually isn't in the world of marketing, it's in the world of support. It's customer support. We're looking at how as an early stage B2B SaaS company, you can set you and your business apart by doing a few simple things. But before we jump into that, I have to give a massive shout out to my man, Lachlan Kirkwood, who left a awesome review for the podcast. Here's a little bit from that review. There's no other digital marketing podcast that delivers as many actionable insights as this. Each episode is packed with valuable takeaways. Thank you so, so much for that, Lachlan. And a little shout out, of course, because everyone that does review, I do try and get them a shout out. I want everybody here to Go and check out makerthreads.co. This is Lackland's business. And what he's basically doing is creating a clothing brand around the whole like indie maker, indie hacker thing. So if that's you, if you're like building stuff and you want to show people that you're building stuff, then go and check out makerthreads.co. So back to the episode then. And this story actually starts about 16 months ago, where at this point I was spending a lot of my time researching and writing about B2B SaaS companies for the SaaS marketer site. And what actually happened is I chose this one SaaS company called Riddle to write about. And I think, I can't actually remember, but I think the original thing that I wanted to write about was their customer support and they were famous for their founders doing customer support. So what I did, it was actually Saturday I was writing. And so I go to their site and I actually test this out. Like, are these guys for real? Are they actually really good at support? And so I start writing on their chat, it's like 3 p.m. on a Saturday, and then I get one of their founders reply within like 13 seconds, it was Boris. And then so like something happened in the chat, and then I, he, he like passes me over to the other founder because I, I wanted to get a quote for the article or something. And the other founder is Mike. And then Mike, like half an hour later, Mike is like at a barbecue, but then he still replies on chat. And these are like the two founders of a, a relatively successful, or actually a successful SaaS company, getting back to me on a Saturday on their support chat within 30 minutes. So I was like, this is insane. And that basically changed the article. I started writing about how, like why they do that. And then of course I had to get Mike on this show so he can share with you kind of the background of that and how that works. And so in a second, we're gonna jump over into a chat with Mike, who is one of the co-founders of Riddle to understand their view of support and why they are so good at it and what the benefits are. And then after that, I'm gonna share is five things that I've actually learned from doing support for Becast over the past two or three months that I think would be really, really insightful and useful for you as a B2B SaaS founder or marketer. So let's jump into the chat with Mike and we're gonna start off with Mike just giving us a brief intro to Riddle. Riddle is a quiz marketing platform and essentially it's designed to let brands, publishers and bloggers create BuzzFeed style quizzes, polls, that type of content embedded on their websites to engage your audience and also collect leads to grow your business. And you have some like big clients, right? Like- yeah, no, we're, we're currently being used by the BBC, uh, pro, pro teams like Arsenal, Chicago Bears, the Tate. 
C-SPAN writers. Um, and it's been brilliant. As a background, I come from an eclectic, and I think most entrepreneurs will have a similar story. I used to be a high school teacher. I transitioned into marketing because I kept correcting a lot of my colleagues' mm-hmm. materials at my first business adventure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then my uh, founder and I worked with a quiz maker called Tickle. Mm-hmm. Tickle.com was one of the very first quiz platforms back in 2003. And so we've been in the business for a very long time, and we started Riddle in 2014. Cool. So you, you and your founder were working with that other company, and that's where you're like, okay, we can probably do this better, or we could do it like differently. <laughs> so my CV reads like a, a collage of funnily named companies. So Tickle was bought by Monster. So Tickle uh-huh. was all editorially driven, where the people, the technology wasn't there where we could provide the tools to other sites. So we would create uh, okay. for brands like Clairol and things like that. I wasn't a founder, which is why um, I'm not on a desert island somewhere. <laughs> but it was bought by Monster. Boris and I worked for Monster and then worked for Got a couple it. of companies. But in 2014, when we saw that Play Buzz, BuzzFeed, all that, we're going back to quizzes. We're mm. like, well, we, we've done this already. Let's get back into it. Nice. And you guys have been largely bootstrapped since then. You haven't taken like a massive amount of investment. More or less. More or less. Cool. Okay, cool. Now let's transition on to the actual kind of SaaS hacking question. I believe the, the title of the, or the subject line of the email was something along the lines of uh, Riddle founders still on live chat question mark. And so I just want to dig into a little bit behind that because you guys obviously have a team of engineers, marketers. I'm not actually sure if you guys have a customer support team um, because actually everybody is the customer support team. So could you t- tell us a little bit more about like, why you did that and how that helps you guys. Yeah, no, we are... Um, this is actually a vision from Boris. When we started, Boris, he, he's German and he has a passion for efficiency, but mm-hmm. also efficient customer service. And just, he just said, you know what? We are a complicated quiz maker tool. We don't want to send people down template answers and mm-hmm. people who cannot instantly respond to people's questions. And we also knew that as a B2B solution, Everyone's complicated, specific use cases that they want instant and uh, reliable answers on. So he said, hey, let's, let's have our entire team be customer service. Now, that does a couple of things. One, mm-hmm. we hopefully help answer you know, questions like yourself. Uh, two, it also gets our engineers involved. Because if you keep engineers developing in isolation, they don't see the pain points that customers are dealing with. So you might, you know, in a typical organization present, hey, we've had 50 complaints of this bug, Mr. Engineer or Mrs. Engineer. But then if they actually get the response mm-hmm. and see this customer bemoaning of the fact of like, hey, this is killing my campaign, they become a lot more emotionally invested. So mm-hmm. yeah, we think it's been great. And in terms of that's actually had a nice caveat effect. We were just going for happy customers, but happy customers have turned into our biggest word of mouth users. So it's been, it's been a win all the way around. Mm. There's so much we can go into here. <laughs> Well, one point I did want to pick up on was that final point you made about word of mouth. In a world where you have these large corporations where if you have a problem, it's so, so hard to actually speak to a real person, A, or speak to a real person that actually knows what's going on. And so, it, like, basically, I, I would just say, now, if we could go to riddle.com and test it out, I'm going to put some strain on your project. Because that's actually what I did. But, like, as I was writing the article, so it was Saturday, and I was writing the article... And then I was like, okay, I'll test this. I, I go to riddle.com and I'm like, I can't remember what I said, but then I got Boris first because Mike was at a barbecue. And yeah, then the two founders. He beat me to it. <laughs> uh, I, but, but then Mike is still on like half an hour later. 
Okay, cool. So yeah, for sure. Like that, that's an amazing experience for anybody coming on and getting such amazing support, which I guess could reduce your marketing investment or marketing cost, right? Yep. Um, quite hard to quantify. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, it's interesting. We don't do uh, direct marketing. We don't do a lot of paid marketing. We actually just focus entirely on product development mm-hmm. and customer service and word of mouth is our growth channel. Sure. So, so in that regard, yeah, it's hard to quantify how many, you know, by providing X amount of time on intercom support mm. chat results in. But anecdotally, most mm. of our enterprise customers, they'll come in as an anonymous user saying, hey, you know, joesmith at gmail.com. So you don't actually know who they are. But as the conversation develops, they start asking, you know, more and more specific questions. And then it turns out they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, with the NFL or with Reuters <laughs> or whatever. And you're like, oh, great. Uh. So... Yeah, at least half our enterprise customers, our top tier product will come from. uh, Yeah. And so there's no real quantitative evidence, but there's qualitative evidence that 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 works. Okay. And the other point you mentioned was, yeah, I totally agree with the engineering team actually having to um, deal with the end user because so much of the time engineering or even marketing or sales teams like held away from what the business is actually doing. Yeah. So that's really cool. But the, the other question I would ask about that is the engineering, like, do you quantify the amount of time that they would spend on support? Or yeah. They, it, yeah. And, and like, when, what cost of distraction or what cost of product roadmap and everything else? Yeah. There's a couple like pitfalls or caveats you have to watch out for. So we have this monthly beer competition <laughs> on the person who answers the most support tickets. Now, as, as co-founders, I'm also pretty competitive. So Boris and I generally are dueling for the top spot. Our engineers don't are not really. They're never. Uh, they haven't won yet, but they probably spend maybe about five percent of their time answering customer emails, customer messages. So okay. that's enough for us to, to you know to feel involved. The pitfalls are sometimes engineers can get too emotionally invested because they like solving problems, and if they just help a customer who has a very edge use case issue, uh, but they're yeah. like, "Oh, we want to fix it." You're like, "No, hold on." <laughs> be cool. Yeah. So you have to balance that. But I would take that trade-off in a million years versus the alternative. Um, yeah. Are there any prioritization rules in Intercom that you guys have or is it completely open? Like It's completely open currently. I mean, as we continue to scale up, we might have to start putting in some rules. I mean, we do have a request, a live demo feature on our site mm-hmm. where we do put some filters in place where we just say, hey, you know, we only have the time to invest in a certain amount of these. Yeah, sure. Uh, this is actually one of my other questions is, at, as you guys scale and you have more people coming to the site with customer support queries, mm-hmm. is there anything, like, how far do you see this, this process working for as you guys grow? Or did you even plan to grow? Because maybe you don't, right? <laughs> Growing is always, is always a, goal, a good goal. Um, no, I think it's, it's a scalable solution to be a good customer service person. Everyone needs to know the product inside and out. And so... Yeah. So if you, if you basically have like, let's say a salesperson or marketing person who actually has never used the product, and this has happened in my previous roles, mm. where they come over to the product team and ask a very simple question that they should know the answer to. Mm. I feel like, you know, by having people invest time and training into actually knowing the product so they can answer customer questions, mm. it's going to have a knock on positive effect. Cool. Have you had any pushback from anyone, maybe in the engineering team who are like, I shouldn't be doing this? Uh, not yet. I mean, we're small enough that we can be really selective on who we hire. So we hire people who are saying, look, this is, this is our ethos. This is what we do. So yeah, hopefully, I mean, there hasn't been an issue yet. Yes, but we'll just see, we'll just see how it goes. I think the beer competition actually helps. 
I mean, obviously people can buy beers if they want, but it's that little beer trophy at the end of the month yeah. where you're like, you know, cheers. <laughs> it seems to work pretty well. But, but, but Boris is in the US, right? Uh, no, we're actually, we're all based in Europe. So I'm in uh, Manchester. So, Boris is based in Saarbrücken, okay, uh, where cool. most, of our German, uh, most of our German team is. So you can't get together to have the beers at the end of the month? No, no, we do eat no, virtual wait. ones, like on Friday afternoons. Like you do. <laughs> uh, and about every two or three months, we, we get a team to get together and either we fly out to you know, Manchester or Germany and uh, get together. Okay, yeah. What's like the way to support query you've had? <laughs> This is, I mean, this is so lighthearted, but we have a great URL uh, called Riddle, so mm. riddle.com. Mm. And uh, as part of that, no matter how clear our site is about what we do, we get people who go, <laughs> hey, I, I have a riddle. Yeah, <laughs> or I need a riddle about this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're killing us. So we have a nice little polite answer like, hey, try Google. Yeah, try yeah, anything yeah. else. But you know, that could be quite a good blog post, though, like quite a funny one. You could just have the best riddles that you guys have been saying. Um, <laughs> and just ask right our now. community. Say, like, hey, we're not, I mean, name aside, we are rubbish at actually solving riddles. Okay, awesome. So we're going to wrap another three questions. First of which is favorite marketing or growth book, if you have one. Uh, I have the, uh, the, I forget the exact title because it's been a while, but it's uh, The Carrot Principle. I haven't heard of that. It's, it's not really so much growth hacking. It's more of a company culture book, but it's cool. essentially how people don't respond to money. It's how you can motivate people through a variety of, of positive and just you know get to know your employees, get to know your team. It, I've worked in large companies. I've worked in small companies. And especially when you're small and growing, getting that right ethos and culture up front is huge. Which for you guys kind of have led to that growth, right? Because yeah. you, this approach has come from the, the culture of you and Boris and other people in the team. Yeah. So yeah, no, it is indirectly a growth book. Yeah, I, I would take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're good, Tom. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll link to that somewhere on the podcast because I'm also going to read that. Favorite SaaS business apart from Riddle? Oh, God. Um, so actually, you probably heard me mention this already, but Intercom. Uh, uh, yeah. Man, they are absolutely crushing it. And actually, so one of the like the questions you sent over before was how to scale and also how do you um, basically how do you manage you know the, you know the, the request? They've introduced this feature called product tours, mm-hmm. which actually can set in targeted FTE experiences. Or hey, we have a new feature. If a someone at this price point comes in after X number of sessions, I'm going to highlight that feature with a little video as they get to that section on the website. So instead of an email, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, when you get to this section, oh, hey, this is Mike from Riddle. Have you tried this new feature? No, that's uh, not. Brilliant. They are absolutely crushing it. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and it's got a big part of your strategy. Their yes. branding and marketing is also awesome as well. Yes. Um, and the person who's taught you the most about growth? Uh, one, of our, uh, one of our guys we worked with, he was the founder of Tickle. So a guy named James Courier. Uh, he's, uh, runs network effects and mm-hmm. the tickle alumni that he has kind of fostered and, and sent on their way has founded Goodreads. They've just done a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. He really helped us out at the beginning, really kind of focus in and honing in on our product strategy. And so even it, uh, like if you, so you were working with him and then you left built riddle and then he continued to mentor and guide you. Yeah. He's been, he's been great. And also just in terms of whatever questions, but also he said, guys, be laser focused on what you do really well. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. So he's, he's, been, he's been through it all, and he's been a great, great resource. Nice. James of Tickle. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. 
again, everybody, riddle.com, go, you can go and chat to Mike right now. Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, it's like such a great story. And I'm glad that the, the email that we wrote or I wrote was got such like a great response because it kind of just shows almost a better way of almost doing business, building a product and running a team. So thank you for that. No, oh, very much my pleasure, Tom. Thanks so much for hitting us up on a Saturday. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for that, Mike. It was such a pleasure having you on. You guys are awesome. If people want interactive quizzes on their site, then go to Riddle and check them out. So let's now, like I only in the last two months have really started to understand how impactful support can be, especially in your early days as a SaaS company. And this probably applies to both service and SaaS so if you're a B2B founder or marketer, then I think this is super relevant. The, th- the reason why it's such a useful thing to get good at in the early days is that because normally in the early days, you can't win on many things. Your product or your service may not be as good as your competitors. But one thing you could probably bank on is that if they are larger and more established than you, their support is probably worse. They probably have hired people that maybe are not that good. They they might be getting lazy. They might not care as much anymore. And this is a massive opportunity. And so this is why I like we've been trying really, really hard at this at BCAF because maybe parts of the product are not as established, let's say, as one of the other players. But we know if we can give customers more love, if we can respond faster, if we can do more for them, then that's going to win their loyalty. It's going to reduce churn and overall will increase word of mouth. So that's the first insight is that can be such a massive win in the early days when maybe you can't win on other things. The second thing I have definitely mentioned before on this podcast is that the the difference, there's like a continuum between manual effort and automation. And that is also the continuum between an agency business or a service business and a SaaS business. And so the common, like a myth almost, is that when a customer comes to your SaaS business to buy, you think, or we think, they're coming to buy our software. But in reality, they're also looking for our service. And all of these businesses, service to SaaS, are on that spectrum. It's just if you have a SaaS business, the amount of service you give your customers can be limited to maybe one email a week or one live chat per week. What I think the opportunity here is for, especially early stage SaaS companies, is to do more service for the customers. Invest more in these customers. One example for us here is that we have a feature called audio inserts where we enable you to put a short piece of audio at the start or end of any episode for any period of time. Now, sometimes this can be quite tricky. You have to do something to the audio in order to make that work. And so a few customers basically can't make that work. So what we're doing is they actually send us their audio files. We'll do that. We'll set it up for them. We'll show them how to do it. And so this is like essentially a service part of the SaaS. And the response we're getting from these customers is really incredible. There's no other podcast host that would do that at this stage. And we probably won't do that going forward. But right now, when we have only about 500 customers, we are happy to do that and we can afford to do that. And it is impacting the satisfaction of the customer. So that's the second insight is what service, what extra service can you give for your customers? The next is about documenting. Now, it's quite hard to understand, but if you can essentially get more of your customers to support themselves, this gives your support team or you more time to do other like high value stuff. And so if you have 10 people a week coming in asking how to do this one thing, 
if you just document that process, put it into a support doc, we use Help Scout, send them the link when they come in. That's going to save you, let's say you, you would spend five to 10 minutes per ticket explaining that. Now it's going to only take you like two seconds per ticket. And so if that's five seconds per ticket, if 10 tickets per week, that's 50 minutes, five oh, That then gives you more time to then document the next process. And so if you have your support people or you spend it, aiming to spend half the time responding to tickets, but half the time documenting, over time, your support team are going to have so much more time to either do more documentation or to proactively outreach to customers maybe, or spend more time actually serving the customers, as we mentioned in the item before. And so you have the flywheel. The more documentation you create, the less time you need to support the customers. And then you can then use that time to either create more documentation or make your customers happy. And so that's one thing we've been doing. We've like gone from nothing to like, I think we have 20 docs now, but we definitely need more. And so that's the, the third thing is make sure you or your support team, if you ever have to explain anything more than once, document that, put that into your knowledge base, and there you are. And it's actually great for SEO as well. So document everything. The fourth insight here is really about productivity. And yes, it was great that on a Saturday, I managed to get through to the two founders of a SaaS company through live chat, and that's awesome. But at the same time, I've also become quite aware of how productivity draining it can be to be on chat and be basically available at the will of your customers. And so I, when we first, in the first couple of weeks of launching Bcast, I was on chat all day, every day. And I found that my days were stressful and I was getting nothing done. And so if you have support people, you like I, I do recommend that in business hours you have chat available at all times. But if you have other support people, so, so basically one person manning chat at all times, but then if you have other people, support people working, you need to tell them to turn chat off so they can actually do real work. And this is especially for the founders or like for the more strategic resources. Do not have chat on at all times. If you do want to do chat, then have it on at specific times. Normally for me, I can put it on in the last few hours of the day where I'm not really doing any good work anyway, because if it's on all day, this just completely sucks all productivity from your life. So that's number four. And then number five is bringing this full circle back to kind of marketing benefit because I know we're all marketers here. It's using your support team to find the customers that you can celebrate. At Bcast, we don't really have a content strategy yet because we're quite time-strapped. But what we have started is choosing one, we call them Bcasters, per week, having them answer a few questions on a survey, designing a nice image, and then sharing that content as a blog post, as social posts, and as an email list to all users and leads. And so what that is basically doing is you're celebrating the your, one of your customers which acts as social proof to the rest of your kind of universe of leads and customers, because it shows someone who's actually winning and doing really well with your podcast. It's a valuable content because you're asking them interesting questions related to the goals that your customers are trying to achieve. And at the same time, there may be some virality and exposure because you create great content about someone, they are likely to either link to it or share it for you. And so what if you have a support team or if you're doing support, I would recommend, it can be monthly, it can be bi-weekly, it can be weekly, is picking out those customers that you think are doing the best thing for your product that you like the most, sending a survey and then collating that and then distributing that on social channels, on email and on your blog. So bringing this around, because obviously we want to understand what the marketing benefits are 
But, and there's actually two that we've touched upon, well, really three. So one is documentation helping with SEO. There's the, the almost user-generated content by featuring customers. And then also there's the massive benefits of reducing churn and increasing word of mouth by having great support. And so that's why I'm happy, I'm more than happy to include this topic of customer support on this very marketing-focused podcast is because the benefits of getting this right, especially in the early days, are massive. And so, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have me, for me to be in your ears each week or every two weeks. Going forward, we will be releasing an episode every two weeks. As always, if you do leave a review on any directory, just take a screenshot, hit me up on LinkedIn or hit me up by email, and I'll get you a shout out on the show. And finally, we are actually starting to formalize our agency business. And we are open now for new clients. We added three new clients in July. I hunkered down, focused on delivery for August. And then now we are also, we're open for clients yet again. So if you are a business, B2B, either SaaS or service, and you don't, and you're not running a podcast and would like to learn about potentially how you could, then just hit me up by email. It's Tom at tomhunt.io and then we can just have a chat about it regardless of whether you would want us to do all the hard work for you or not so as always thank you so much for listening